Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This, 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 is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 142 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you're well. Thank you so much for your company. Uh, if this is the first time you've ever stumbled across us, this one is dedicated to the world of UFC slash mixed martial arts, but it'll all be about UFC today because we're going to go crazy on what we saw at UFC 216 at the weekend. Um, and if it is the first time you've stumbled across us, subscribe, man. We're here every single week. We're award-winning, so that means that people think that we're half-decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope- Soon to be multiple oh, award-winning. Man. Settle down, Tonto. Hold your horses. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you can subscribe via our website it is fightdisciples.com there's loads of different bits on there not just the podcast there's videos on there of us chatting to fighters and all that type of carry on Uh, and we're all over social media as well at fightdisciples on uh, Facebook Twitter and Instagram All right, there get involved Uh, now then Shall we start straight away UFC 216 because I think me and you are going to have to sit here and go do you know something we're sorry DJ we're sorry sunshine do you want me to serve the humble pie or do you want to serve the humble pie? How, how do we want to do this? Who's cooking? Who's baking up? I'm, I'm already choking on it. <laughs> now, listen, we have never, ever denied that DJ is an elite mixed martial artist. We were just no. basically referring to him as a shark in a duck pond. The, the level of standard of, of opposition that has been with him for this particular uh, title defence run has been in, has, not, has not been up there, in our opinion. All right? <laughs> so, so backstepping like Michael Jackson or Hot Tim Roof here. <laughs> However, at the weekend, regardless of opposition, to be able to make a statement like that, to be able to break a record in the way that he brought the record at the weekend, doing things that are just fucking beyond the laws of biology and physics, you've got to take your hat off and you've got to go, do you know something, mate? Fair play, brother. Fair play. There's your eleven. High fives. Now move up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've been more critical than most, let's be honest with you. I've given all kinds of shit. And, you know, it's it's completely unfounded. There's, you know, yes, he doesn't generate big pay-per-view numbers. Yes, his record-breaking 11th title defence was actually on the undercard of an, inter- an interim title fight. That says and it all. That says everything there, doesn't it? If but it says a- enough. That's, you know, that's... But I'm trying to get the negativity out the way, man. Go on. Sorry, sorry, mate. Go I'm on, trying on, to park. I'm trying on. to go, you know... Carry on. But from you know, from an athletic standpoint, what he's done is remarkable. In this day and age, to make eleven defenses of any belt in any weight division, first and foremost, it's remarkable. And he is an incredible, incredible athlete. The shit he does is amazing. It's amazing. You choking on his cock? I'm telling you. It's amazing though what it, that finish at the weekend. Yeah, it was Fuck me yeah, it was to do good. that in the fifth, at the, in the last minute of the fifth round. To just jump up on him like that was and it the snatch fifth? that arm, but it was the fifth round, wasn't it? It was the final round. I thought it was, it was the, the fourth. Fifth. I thought it was no, the man, fourth. it was the fifth round. It was I'm, like I must have two minutes left on the shot clock. Oh right, I it was just unbelievable, and that's of this. That's the third time he's done that in the fifth round as well. So 
I get it. Incredible talent. And I think undoubtedly now, with, with the main man fucking out on his ear for drugs again, undoubtedly now, there's no there's no conversation to be had. Demetrius Johnson is the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet today. Woo! Today. I don't think there's any question about that no more. He's the best fighter in the world today. But... <laughs> Here's the caveat. But I'm going to take issue with Joe Rogan's commentary. And listen, fucking, you know, who, who, who are we to argue with Joe Rogan at the end of the day? But I'm going to anyway. <laughs> Joe Rogan, I think, gets caught up in the moment and going, the greatest of all time we've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. This is the guy. Bang, bang, bang. And I just can't agree with that. I just can't agree with that statement. And the reason by, the reason is... Look at who he's beaten. Look at who's on his record. And I know that is a tough way to judge someone. But you can only judge someone by their era. You can only judge them by the people they're beating. Yeah. In the grand scale of these in, in things, in 10 years' time, when all the chips are on the table, will we look back and go, Demetrius Johnson was the greatest ever? Or will we just purely say, Demetrius Johnson was the greatest flyweight the sport's ever seen? Mm. I think it's tough to compare them to the likes of John Jones, and I know his career now has a little bit of a, an asterisk next to it, or... GSP? Fedor, or GSP, or certainly Anderson Silva. You know, that finish at the weekend, that was remarkable, and that's what he needs. He needs to finish people like that for the world to go, fuck yeah, now I get it. Now I get why everyone loves Demetrius Johnson. He's not just grinding out fights against people I've never heard of. He's actually finishing fights in spectacular fashion. That's what I love, and that's why people are going to give him some respect. But it's only the same shit Anderson was doing. Look at Anderson's career. He Every fucking title defence was a spectacular finish. You know what I mean? That, that's why he was known as the greatest then. The greatest now, purely based on statistics. Yet when you break those statistics down, those 11 wins have come against guys who have got... who have nev- Not one of those 11 have ever held a UFC belt before. Mm, not one. Mm. So Check out John Jones's record. Yeah. See how many former champions he's beaten. Yeah, but you know what I mean? He's a juice head. You can't have that. That's you, true. I, I, I'll, I'm, I'm all right. So is Anderson Silva. Uh, maybe let's go a little bit further down. <laughs> yeah, let's exactly, go a little bit further yeah. down. GSP's never been caught. So, never uh, been caught. That's but, a good point. But he's never been, been accused, caught. But he's yeah. been accused. Or even though... Uh, Bisping has backtracked on Conan O'Brien this week um, listen DJ's record it will go down in the history books but I agree with you the level yeah. of a, a opponent not necessarily uh, to the standard that we would want it to be to so now how does he seal his legacy he has to go up doesn't he he has, to go, have, he has to go and have a little bit of they, an they at even TJ said it at the Garbrandt. broadcast at the weekend so on the broadcast at the weekend this is what I picked up on it it was like yeah yeah well now you know, he, um, Daniel Cormier, a cage side, commented on it. And they were all fucking, they were all right on the rah-rah bus, weren't they? They were all, woo, yeah, the greatest of all time, man. He's the fucking best that's ever done it. Woo! And then two seconds later, Daniel Cormier goes, yeah, man, I'm really gutted he didn't fight TJ Dillashaw, you know, because that would have been a real test, wasn't it? Wait a minute. You've just said this guy's the greatest of all time. Yeah. But then in the same mouthful, you're kind of going, but, you know, he's got to be TJ Dillashaw, really. So wait a minute. When did TJ Dillashaw become the fucking barometer to the greatest fighter of all time? Mm. Much respect to TJ Dillashaw. We love him to bits. We love Mighty Mouse to bits. But, you know, let's put some kind of fucking, you know, level on this thing. Let's just calm the fuck down. Do you know what I love about it's this incredibly show? the greatest flyweight of all time. If, you, if you're if you a subscriber to the Fight Disciples podcast and you listen to all our shows, right? So you listen to our boxing stuff and you listen to our UFC stuff. What you will notice throughout the course of the week is that Nick's quite relaxed when we're talking boxing. He loves it, don't get me wrong, he loves it and he knows his stuff and he's, he's a little bit more chilled regarding the boxing world. However, the UFC shit is where it's at for Nick. And you can tell in his voice, can't you? Because when we get to Thursday, the F-bombs 
are coming in left, right and centre, man. <laughs> he is dropping them from all over the place. I, I don't know whether that's because it's later in the week. Yeah. I don't think I'm any less passionate you, about boxing than I am about UFC. Is it just because you've had a full week with the kids think, at home, you're revved the, up, you're exactly, getting it out, yeah, get it out think, of your system? I think I'm just getting to the end of the week. <laughs> later on in the week when I'm just like, man, come on. Oh, the passion that is flowing through your veins right now, though, for uh, the UFC at these lower weight categories. We have to see him... For him to seal what is a fantastic career, for him to put yep. the cherry on top of the cake, yep. he has to step up in weight yes. and he has to maybe fight the winner of uh, Garbrandt Dillashaw because if he comes through that, then people can't argue because exactly. when he has fought anybody of note previously, he's been beaten. Yeah, All the guys that he's beaten, all It was a long 11, time ago. It was a long time ago when was, that happened. Yeah. Of course. It, it still happened. Right now, I believe he's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the planet. But to seal that legacy, he's got to move up to bantamweight and he's got to give away his advantages. He won't be as big and he may not be as strong, but he's as, he'll be just as fast. Yeah, He's just as experienced, just as talented. Yeah. He's beating guys now for fun. Ray, but you know that was a fucking that was the best guy available in the flyweight division at the weekend was Ray Borg, a young guy that, by the way, him and Kevin Lee was in the main event, two future champions. I, I truly believe that two really young guys with bags of ability. But let's be honest, to use a term that you used to like, used you like to use, Mighty Mouse put manners on Ray Borg at the weekend, yeah, he did. and Ray Borg is the second best flyweight in the world in my opinion. He put manners on him. So he's, he's light years ahead of this weight division. So he can't be light years away from the bantamweight champion. Yeah, yeah. Get him in there, man. He's, he's got to fight the winner of TJ Cody when that happens at 2 on 8. Even Cruz. Even he's Cruz gone right, the the gone right the wrong against Cruz. Yeah. Well, you know, even Cruz, you know, obviously Cruz has, has been a bit bashed up now and stuff like that. And I don't think Mighty Mouse moves up to fight Cruz because he's not about that. He's proved that. If, if he was just about beating guys for his legacy rather than breaking records and winning belts, he'd have fought fucking TJ. He'd have signed on a dotted line. He refused to fight TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. TJ said, I'll move down to fight. He refused it. No, no, I want to fight Ray Borg because he knew that was an easier, safer fight to break the legacy, to break Anderson's record and become 11-0 as a UFC champion that for me is not the greatest of all time that's not the attitude of the greatest of all time no. I'm sorry that's why we've fallen in love with Connor because Connor's in bed one day his fight falls through then he gets a knock on the door we're changing your opponent yeah alright yeah. let's do it don't matter who it is I'm not prepared for it let's just do it anyway exactly. that's what makes fans fall in love yeah that's exactly greatness. that's what makes fans fall in love with you uh, DJ don't get me wrong Fantastic at the weekend. That suplex into the flying mid-air oh, armbar was just beautiful. a thing of absolute beauty. Get it on slow-mo. Get it just repeating constantly street on your social media. That, yeah, that shit that happens on Street Fighter, the video <laughs> game, and you go, that, that could never happen in real life. Well, he that did it. That could never happen in he did real it. life. But, but we want to yeah. see him in with the big boys now. Let's get in there with TJ. Let's get in there with Cody Garbrandt, and let's see just how good you really are. Uh, to the main event, we got Tony Ferguson. we got Kevin Lee. I'm gutted for Kevin Lee, man, because... Yeah. Everything that's come out post-fight, we know that he wasn't well. I can't believe that he's passed his medical to fight. Anyway, that's another thing. He makes the octagon walk, and he knows full well that he's probably not got five rounds in him because of the staff infection that he's got yeah. on his uh, chest, chest and his lung, yeah? Mm. So, therefore, he's got to go hell for leather. And fair play, man. He did go hell for leather early doors, yeah. and I thought to myself, we're on here. Go on, son. The yeah. Motown phenom is going to light up the UFC. But he just ran out of juice a little bit, didn't he? And then the experience of Tony Ferguson, don't get me wrong, Tony Ferguson's an elite fighter, mate. And he's been on this fantastic run. He the way that he went about just dismantling him, breaking it right down, and then putting him in that triangle at the end was just unreal. 
Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, wonderful performance by Tony Ferguson. And, uh, you know, I think we were right in our estimate in, a, in our comments last week where we said this is going to be a really close fight. It may have come a little bit too soon for Kevin Lee, but it's going to be a brilliant fight. And it was a brilliant fight. I thought Kevin Lee won the first round convincingly where he had that ground and pound. He was dropping elbows on him. I was like, fuck me. He's beating up Tony Ferguson here, who I believe is the best lightweight on the planet. So for him to do that, and but then once Ferguson got into a bit of a rhythm in the second round and you could see... You can visibly see Kevin Lee start to tire. Yeah. You know, don't forget this guy. Fucking, he needed an extra hour, which I don't. I still can't believe the, the Nevada Commission allowed it. You know, you get a two-hour window to weigh in on a Friday morning. Well, I looked into he couldn't that. Couldn't weigh in, so they give him an extra hour. Yeah, but I looked into that. It's because he was within a pound. Is it a pound or two pounds? I can't. I can't remember the exact stat. But if you're within a pound, it's like an age-old thing that nobody ever talks about. But because right. he's within a pound or, or two pounds of championship you weight, an extra hour, can you, you can get an extra hour to get rid of it. Yeah, crazy. And then and you know the. the, the Obviously, they're feeding him antibiotics and everything for the staff infection. They must have been How's fully he aware that? of that. How's he passed well, they, that? They must have been fully aware. So they they know he's got a staff infection. They know he's being treated for it. But obviously, he doesn't want to pull out of the fight. And they're like, well, you know, it's at the stage it's at. We can handle it. But obviously, you're not going to be at 100%. Um, but let's just go for it anyway. They didn't want to lose another fight. Uh, I don't think, obviously, the doctors must have cleared him. He mustn't have been any, in any danger. Mm. But obviously, when you're carrying a staph infection, you know, people have fucking died from staph. It's it's a serious thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they've obviously thought he can crack on. But they knew, everyone backstage must have known he only had three rounds in him. And, you know, that shit must have got back to Tony Ferguson. He'd have, he'd have known that he was going to come out like a whale and dervish early on and he'd, he would tire down a stretch. And that was kind of how it happened. But again, I mentioned it about Ray Ball, but even more with Kevin Lee. 24 years of age. This kid is the future of this weight division if he can stay at lightweight. I believe it was probably the staff that probably made him struggle to make weight rather than anything else because yeah. they must have been pumping him full of fluids if he's on antibiotics. Um, so the fact that he even made weight is remarkable. But I just thought we'd seen glimmers in there against a guy who's so experienced like Tony Ferguson. There's glimmers in there from Kevin Lee that he's a beast and he's going to take over this division one day. Mm. I, I saw a couple of interviews post-fight um, with Kevin Lee, obviously very dejected, very disappointed, and uh, didn't want to make any excuses, which I fully commend him for. Course, yeah. uh, but he was um, he was talking about um, the weight and uh, maybe having a look at maybe moving up, which would be a shame, really, because like you say, at 155 pounds, he's a real fo- he's a big boy, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yes. And if he if he genuinely can make it, yeah, okay. Uh, to be able to cut that amount of weight the night before. What did he do? 19 pounds or something? He shifted, a, mental, he shifted yeah. a ton of weight the night before. Yeah. Maybe look into that nutrition side of where he's currently at so he doesn't have to cut as much. Them wrestlers, man. They're mental. Crazy, they? they brought in just this mental new way of cutting weight the night before a fight. Anyway, if you can look into that and maybe do it in a more healthier way, then I think, he, like I agree with you, mate. He is a serious force at this because if... First of all, if he if you give your back up to him, he's going to rip your head off. He's he's unbelievable on the deck. Yeah. And as he's just proven it in there with uh, Tony Ferguson, that first round, man, he's handy with his fists. He's got yeah. great ground and pound, great wrestling. His boxing, his boxing really impressed me. Like I know he was good. With, he had heavy hands, but I didn't know his boxing was so crisp and sharp. Mm. You know, his coaches need to be so commended because he he's, he's you know he's former college wrestler but he's not been in this sport that long no certainly not compared to Tony Ferguson yet for times and you know for, for a lot of the time in there as well he looked he looked really strong against Tony Ferguson and as well I, as I that, had him ahead on the third round before he got stopped yeah, yeah, as well yeah. for the final minute I had him ahead for the first two or three minutes of that round so as well as that he looks good man he talks he good great. he exactly, is the full yeah. package for the UFC they need him to yeah. uh, obviously keep doing what he's doing because at some point he is going to be champ and he's the type of guy that you can sell the UFC on he's the poster boy 
of course, 100%. But I'm, you know what? I'm buzzing for Tony Ferguson. You know, I've been a massive fan of his for so long. And I've been preaching on this podcast for so long, saying everyone that trains with him, everyone around him, says he's an absolute beast, says he's the best they've seen, the best they've worked with. Uh, he's got his full game. You know, he literally doesn't want for anything. Mm. You know, and, and, he, and he's, he works hard. You know, this is a guy that does his boxing at the wild card with Freddie Roach and he does his 10th planet jiu-jitsu with Eddie Bravo. You know, he's not just been in one gym. He's, he's actually gone out there and seek the best people in each area to round his game. Mm. You know, he's been around forever since he won the Ultimate Fighter. So it, it kind of... It was like one for the old school, do you know what I mean? Even though he's still a relatively young guy, one for the old school. And to be honest, I want to see the fight with Conor. I think he deserves it now. I don't think Khabib should be brought back into the fray. Khabib's no. let us down enough times. Yeah. I think Khabib should be waiting in the wings. I think Tony Ferguson, for me, he that fight should have been called the road to Conor. You know what I mean? It should have been, you know, th- that's what it should be all about. And the fact that he's won that and in the manner he did against Kevin Lee, the fact he got the stoppage, we talked about it last week. If he gets a stoppage, he deserves Conor McGregor, and I think you've got to make that fight. Yeah, but will they get that fight? Because there's more money elsewhere for Conor McGregor, mate. You know what I mean? There is, but then Conor's convinced that he's going to definitely come back to the UFC. He's not going to be in boxing. I think the Nate Diaz will probably price himself out. Why pay Nate you know, a couple of million quid when you can get Tony Ferguson for one million, no doubt? Um, and I just think unifying the belt again. Just And to be honest... You know, I'll be you know as much as I appreciated Tony Ferguson's performance at the weekend, and as highly as I rank him, one thing I did notice once again, and they picked up on it on commentary, is he fights with his chin in the air, mate. He takes and a he can lot be of tagged by he takes left a lot hands. of shots. He takes he a lot of shots. And I just think if Conor lands left hands on his chin, I tell you what, mate, you, you know, it, it, I just can't see him taking Conor's power the way Conor unloads his punches. So. I don't know, man. I, after watching that performance at the weekend, going into the fight, I was like, this is the toughest fight out there for Conor. Khabib or Tony Ferguson, definitely the toughest. But yeah. now I've seen that, even though he performed so well, because he was getting caught by left hands, I just thought, no, if Conor catches you, mate, you, you could go over. Mm. That's going to be interesting to see what now plays out over the next couple of months because the rumour is that Conor will be back before the end of the year. He's going to finish the year off back in the UFC. Tony Ferguson, can they turn that round in that period of time? I think they can. I think he can get fresh in uh, 12, 14 weeks' time, can't he? And we'll see him on the 30th. That would be some fight. And I genuinely believe, like what you've just said there, off the back of what we saw at the weekend, he... The, the stylistically pre-fight, I would have thought that Tony Ferguson's all wrong for yeah. uh, for Conor McGregor. But what I've seen at the weekend, there's enough yeah. there for Conor McGregor to land these big lefts. Yep. Uh, to uh, to Agreed. give him a little bit of a tag, and as well as that, the Nate Diaz fight ain't going anywhere. No, no, exactly. you don't need to rush it. There's it no rush you know, it. you could do Tony Ferguson first, and then maybe have a look at the Nate Diaz thing. But then where yeah. does that leave Khabib? I mean, everybody tells me that he's the best, but he just can't make the weight, and he keeps messing various things around. You know, keeps eating tiramisu. <laughs> Can't do it. You can't do it, and expect to make weight, can you? So mm. interesting. What else did you like at the card at the weekend? Well, one thing that I didn't like is Derek Lewis not being on the card, mate. What a random thing that you know what I mean? Strange. Last day, you you've made weight. Everybody's there, kicking about, chilling, waiting for uh, everything to happen, and then on five hours' notice, Vadum gets a brand spanking new opponent, and he dismantles him in forty seconds. Yep. Just just a little bit of a farce, really. That whole thing. Yeah, I fell for Mark Godbeer because obviously Mark Godbeer was supposed to be fighting Walt Harris and uh, the British heavyweights, and uh, obviously he ended up. He got, his, from what I hear, he got not only did he get his show up wages, but he got his win bonus as well, Mark Godbeer. So I guess he wasn't that pissed off, mm. uh, and I know he's hoping to be bounced onto that uh, the Bisping card in New York, but uh, you know he kind of fell for Walt Harris because 
you know, suddenly you're catapulted in against the number two heavyweight in the world. You're unranked. Mm. Uh, you thought you were fighting some British fella that's also pretty much a novice in the UFC, and now you find yourself with the, the you know, the most recent former champion. So tough, tough gig for Walt Harris, and obviously gets in there. Clearly, his jiu-jitsu is fucking not that anybody's is, but. Clearly, he's basically a white belt in jiu-jitsu, and uh, Vadum just takes us back and <laughs> rips his arm off. I like the way Simple. that Vadum approached it, though, because it was like one of those, well, I haven't trained for this kid. I don't know too much about him type attitudes. Exactly. I'm just going to get in there and get him out as quick Take as no I possibly chances. can. I'm going to get you back. Yeah, but I'm just get imagine arm, if he took that attitude every fight, even if he's no, trained yeah, exactly. for somebody. Rather than going yeah. in there and being tentative, fuck it, just say, I don't know what you're all about. I'm just going to go in and rip your arm off. Done. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He's the he's the submission king in the heavyweight division. That is what he should be doing. Should be doing yeah. more of it. Stop thinking. Well, I know that he can bang as well, but stop thinking that you are X when you are Y. Just st- keep sticking to Y. Yeah, well, obviously he had that little resurgence, didn't he? Well, not even a resurgence. Suddenly his his Mai Tai spiked when he came over with uh, Rafael Cadero at Kings, and he started stopping people. And you know we've talked about it before. I, I, I wrote about it a few years ago. The old jujitsu lobotomy. These incredible jujitsu black belts that suddenly think, "Oh, I'm a boxer. I'm going to start knocking people out." And suddenly they start getting knocked out themselves. It was nice to see him refer to type at the weekend and be like, "Listen, I'm mm. far better than you at jujitsu, so I'm just going to take you down and do what I like." Mm. And he literally did do what he liked. You know, he, mm. you know, it was it was almost like Walt Harris was uh, just a fucking big paper mache doll, wasn't it? Because <laughs> he just grabbed them, put them on the floor. Yeah, I'll try to take mount, do whatever. Oh, I'll tell you what, give us your arm. That'll do. I'll take that arm instead. Mm. That was uh, UFC 216, and that's the first time since UFC 81 that we've had four uh, submission finishes in the final four fights of a card, which is an unbelievable stat. Maybe one for the purists at the weekend. Say, it's fucking, who cares? Well, <laughs> hey, listen, if I want to fucking dish Jim. your stats out, I'm going to dish your stats out, all right? It was the first time since UFC 61 we've had four consecutive... Sub- you fucking shut up. Where did you, you read that? You Where fuck, did you pick that you up from? Sh- Listen, I know my shit, sunshine, all right? So I'm just <laughs> chucking it back out there, all right? Jesus, get your fucking... Get back on the mats, will you? Take your blue belt off. Ah, oh, shit your face, you. Shit your face. One for the purists <laughs> of the weekend, and I'm not a purist because I like to see knockouts, so that's why I'm slightly deflated coming away from UFC 216. If it wasn't for a mid-air suplex change into an armbar, I probably wouldn't have been excited. Excited. All right. The other fight that we tipped last week, not on the main card, but that uh, Lando Venata versus Bobby Green. Mm. Listen, we don't really get draws in MMA, do we? It, it doesn't generally happen much in mixed martial arts, certainly not in the UFC, certainly not with this new scoring system that you've brought in. Did they use that in Vegas? Did they not? I couldn't really fucking work out and commentary myself whether they were using it or not. But Lando Venata, Bobby Green, that lightweight fight, split decision draw at the end. Holy shit. That was absolutely unreal. Talk about rock'em, sock'em robots. Landon uh, Venata's getting uh, a little bit of a reputation for this, mate, because obviously we remember him from last year with that highlight reel spinning heel kick knockout, which was unreal. Uh, And then he comes back and he's in a a rock'em, sock'em robots type fight. And then he's in another one at the weekend just gone. You think to yourself, this geezer, people are going to start paying money to come and watch this guy. He's going to get bumped up the card very, very quickly, very, very soon. 100%. 100%. You know, he, he had that one defeat to, to Tony Ferguson after going on an unbe- unbeaten run. He was thrown in with Tony Ferguson after eight fights, which mm. is just insane when you think of it now. Then he had that, as you say, that spin and wheel kick, that knockout of the year last December against uh, John McDessie. Mm. Uh, and then he weirdly loses that fight with David Timor, where he, he kind of just stood there and traded with him. Anyway, it was, it's weird, but 
all of his fights are just so engrossing. Yeah, you're right. He's become one of the biggest stars in the lightweight division. The thing is, the problem with him is, if you're his coach, you must be fucking pulling your hair out because he's got all this talent, all this you know ability. Yeah, he just seems to want to have a war every time he fights, and it was the same at the weekend with uh, with uh, Bobby Green, a guy, another guy who likes to battle as well. But you just think Venata for me looks like he's got the ability, looks like he's got the skill level to go above this level. You know, he, he was hanging with Tony Ferguson before he got submitted in that Dars choke. Mm. So the fact that he goes to war with everyone, it's great for the fans, but I feel like he's a guy that's throwing away wins because he's trying to entertain rather than claim a victory. Is that a bad thing? Should we be fucking complaining about no, that? No, not at all, man. As from a fan's point of view, you want entertainment. That's what we're here for. That's what people turn up to sport for. Yeah, they don't. They don't turn up to see the technical aspects of something immediately. They can appreciate it once you become a hardcore fan. But you become a hardcore fan by the entertainment factor. You need to be. You need to feel something. You need to feel some type of emotion. And if Venata keeps fighting the way that he's fighting, mm-hmm. people are going to keep recognizing that name and go, "Oh, every single time this kid fights, it's unbelievable." You've got to watch this and then you start following his career and then you start paying money for pay-per-views tickets at events that's how you become a fan entertainment yeah. factor first you have to entertain and i listen don't don't try and knock that out of him if you're his coach listen to this show right now don't knock that out of him just let him go in there whatever instructions you're giving him just let him ignore you and let him just get in the middle of the octagon and start having these turn-ups because they are 100 entertainment factor just throw down man he's mm. funny isn't he? mm. fun fighter listen let's talk mark hunt because uh this whole story is just ridiculous. What is going on with Mark Hunt? Yeah, is he being victimised because he's having a lawsuit or is there something genuinely going on with his uh, medical history? What's what's the crack? Why is he out of this card in uh, Australia to be replaced by Vadum? I know yeah. why Vadum's in because like he's only been fighting for 40 seconds so he needs another, <laughs> he, he needs another knock, doesn't he? So what's going on? It's crazy, isn't it, that Vadum's now been thrown into the main event against Tybora in November purely based on the fact that Hunt... L- listen, so everyone thought it was... Uh, the fact that Mark Hunt, uh, the first we knew about it was Mark Hunt's uh, Instagram post. Yeah. So Mark's in- Instagram post, which was uh, Tuesday morning, I think it was. I don't know because he's probably in Australia. But anyway, sometime around Tuesday, he t- he quotes this is his Instagram account at Dana White. So he's directing it straight at Dana. He knows where it's going. I quote, you piece of shit motherfucker. Why you fuckers pull me from fight? You getting around lawsuit? You fucking, you kick. Um, there's no punctuation, so I'm just trying to... Getting around, lawsuit, you fuckwit. You can kiss my ass, you bald-headed prick. Middle finger, middle finger, middle finger, middle finger. You put that chicken shit bitch in. Get fucked, cocksucker. <laughs> Interesting way to address the, the president of the, the company yeah, that yeah. signs your checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what's happened is, to, to get to the nuts and bolts of it, Mark Hunt do- goes and does an interview with... Uh, with athlete show or something, or oh, player's voice. He did, he does an interview with a with a an outlet called Player's Voice, and in that interview, he discusses how um, he's willing to die inside the ring. He's only a he's a natural born fighter. He's done this all his life. He's willing to get hurt in there, you know. And he talks about the fact that you know I talk with slurred speech now, and I can't remember shit I was doing yesterday. And but it's all part of being a fighter, you know. My brain's fucked, but it is what it is. So from what I can gather, the UFC have took that information and gone, okay, pull Mark out of that main event in Sydney because he's doing interviews saying he's brain damaged. So we need to get him the fuck out of that fight and get him tested. Now, Mark Hunt's knee-jerk reaction is, Dana, want you to, you know, the, the, the quote we've just had. A couple of hours later, he changes it. He comes back and says, wait a minute, you know, uh, I've been with the doctors. The doctors have cleared me. I'm not actually, uh, you know... Uh, 
I'm losing my mind or anything. I'm not brain damaged. Uh, Player's Voice have misquoted me. They've uh, misquoted what I actually said. You know, I shouldn't really be pulled from this card. Um, and then he's at a third Instagram post because the UFC, have ob- he's obviously reached out to the UFC by then and they've gone, no, nah, no, nah, you're definitely not fighting in Sydney, son. That's not happening. And he's come back on again and he's like gone, this is all because I'm taking you guys to court. Fuck you. Fuck Dana. You always hate me. Blah, blah, blah. And kind of gone down that road again. So just to, Put a spin, you know, to show you what that light is, flash a bit of light on what's actually happening. Mark Hunter is currently suing the UFC, Dana White, and Brock Lesnar for racketeering, fraud, battery, and civil conspiracy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, take that as you will. Take that as you will. Whether it's the UFC slapping his wrists because he's actually taking them to court on some pretty serious charges, whether it's the fact Mark Hunt came out and declared himself brain damaged, yet he's supposed to be headlining an event in Sydney. Whichever way you look at it, it doesn't look good for Mark Hunt. It looks, obviously, Vadum's in there now. UFC aren't going to change their minds on that. And to be honest, I think this could finally be the, the final straw that breaks the camel's back. I'd be very surprised if we ever see Mark Hunt inside the octagon again. There you go. Um, coming to a Bellator near you, Mark Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Mark Hunt versus Roy Nelson. <laughs> there you go. Uh, a couple of other fights that have been uh, announced over the last seven days. Cub Swanson, your boy, uh, yeah, is getting man. in there with Ortega at UFC Fresno. That's a nice little knock. It is. That's a cracking fight, yeah. Absolutely cracking fight. Where's Cub at in his career at this moment in time? Um, obviously, he's, he's he's on the comeback trail again, isn't he? He's got to try and get this featherweight title title match that he's uh, you know his, his whole life has been working towards, if you like, this this featherweight title belt. He's in a good place right now, obviously. You know, he's lost to Frankie Edgar. He's lost to Max Holloway, the two best featherweights active right now. He's been on a four-fight winning streak since. Uh, you know, he beat Duhu Choi in that amazing yeah. fight of the year uh, at UFC 206. Shit, was that right? UFC 206. Last December, anyway. Uh, he, that was an amazing fight. He beat Artem Lobov, didn't he? Fucking mm. Connor's, Connor's sparring partner earlier this year in a decent fight as well. He's grinding out wins these days. He's putting it together. It, obviously, he wants to position himself to fight the winner of Max Holloway against um, against Frankie Edgar, two of his former foes. Obviously, the belt's on the line there. I think Swanson Ortega's the week after that fight. Hmm. So he couldn't have positioned himself any better. But he uh, um, he needs a massive performance against Ortega to try and jump himself back into contention. But that will be his fifth win hmm. in the featherweight division. So fingers crossed for Cubby. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Holloway Edgar there. UFC oh 2 and 8 started to uh, what shape an up event, nice. son. What an event. We've obviously got 2-1-7 coming up at Madison Square Garden. And then the next pay-per-view will be 2-1-8. Holloway Edgar at the top, Overeem and Garnu going at it, Ooh. Alvarez and Gaethje on oh, that card as well. Wow, Justin Gaethje, man. If he's if Justin Gaethje isn't in every single listener's top five fighters in the UFC right now, what the fuck are you listening to us for, man? <laughs> Go and watch Justin Gaethje, the human highlight reel. Go and watch his fight and the way he fights, and then thank me later. And he's taking on Eddie Alvarez, who knows how to whack as well. So that should be an absolute screamer of a fight. Uh, let's get to the top of it. Holloway Edgar. I'm absolutely delighted that this has been made. You're a massive fan of Frankie Edgar. We're yep. both massive fans of uh, Max Holloway. I mean, he's really come to the party over the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, and this is just this is just one where the UFC have gone, this is for the fans. Go on, lads. Mm-hmm. Go and enjoy yourself. Turn get your, get your $50, $60 out or whatever it costs in the States. Give it us and we are going to treat you well. This will be the best $60 that you are going to spend this year. 
Yeah, no shit. No shit. I think this could be the final shot for Frankie as well. He's had an amazing career, the former lightweight champion, of course. Fought everybody in and around this weight class. Surprisingly, hasn't fought Max Holloway. But if he I think if he can if he can't get a win over Max Holloway here, wouldn't surprise me if Frankie Edgar hung them up because he's got absolutely nothing left to prove. Future Hall of Fame, I guaranteed. But then again, you know, last time out, they threw him in there with Yar Rodriguez, who everyone says is the future of this weight division, mm. and he fucking destroyed the kid in two rounds. Yeah. So, you know, are we seeing the best? Is Frankie blossoming again? I think it's an amazing fight against Max Holloway. Huge, We're huge Max Holloway fans, obviously. Uh, I, I believe Max Holloway's taking this division forward. But, you know, I've never, over all the years of covering UFC, I've learned one thing. Don't ever bet against Frankie Edgar. That's the that's the Don't t-shirt. Don't ever bet against that's Frankie. That's the t-shirt, man. man. Do not back against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. And that's why I think this is going to be an incredible, incredible fight on headlining what I think is an incredible fight card as well. Oh. UFC pulling out all the stops. Absolutely. Overeem Ngannou has to be a world title uh, heavyweight yep. title eliminator, doesn't it? It has to be. Yep. A winner of that has to go on to maybe fight Stipe or whoever he fights next. In a, you know, they, it, that has to happen because everybody keeps telling me that in, this is too early for Ngannou. Overeem's been there thereabouts if he starts his uh, over him get him on sunshine get him in with a big boy there's nowhere else to go there's nowhere else to go but the UFC title um, you know obviously you would like to you'd, you'd think that Overeem's going to have far too much experience for him no Big Frank is going to shovel him you what, I'm telling you now Big Frank is going to shovel him heavy hitting motherfucker and, and Overeem's been proven over the years that Overeem has got you know whiskers on his chin and if he gets caught right he does go over so it's going to, it's just a belter of a fight, that one, to be honest. It's definitely not going to go the three rounds, is it? Let's be mm, honest. Mm, there you go. So Holloway, Edgar, Overeem and Garnu, Alvarez, Getche, that'll be an absolute cracker as well. UFC 218. We've still got to get through 217, yeah? Because it's definitely happening in Bisping GSP. Do you know what? Are you starting to believe? What date is it now? Are you starting to believe? It's going to happen, isn't it? Ah! It's going to happen. So let's just make a note of this. It's now... Uh, you know what date? Wednesday the eleventh today. People Wednesday the eleventh of the October. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got to be honest. I'm I'm starting to get bought in by all these preview videos and shit like that. The countdown yeah, video yeah, has been yeah. released, and I'm like, okay, it's been on Conan O'Brien and all that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, this is actually going to happen. Then this is actually going to happen. I'm going to have to eat humble pie. George Saint Pierre is coming back to the UFC. I was wrong. It's going to happen. Exciting stuff. <laughs> so excited. God, I'm fucking eating a lot of humble pie on this show you tonight, are, mate. You are. Just keep, Jeez. Just keep scoffing, man. Keep scoffing. Listen, keep... um, Because there's people that listen to us in the United States for uh, the British take on the UFC. Uh, just give us a little bit of an update on the, the TV deal that is currently um, now coming to an end. Obviously, they've been used to, in America, watching the UFC on Fox uh, yep. for the last uh, six or seven years. That's now come to an end. Yes. So the UFC signed a deal, exclusivity deal with Fox, which lasted seven years. That was in August 2011. It was worth about $130 million a year or something like that. Something crazy. Change. Just a bit of change. Yeah. You know, I think altogether it was a couple of billion or whatever it is. So, But that is now inside the final 10 months of its uh, of its expiring date, which means that they are free now. The exclusivity deal of Fox to negotiate a new deal is now is now gone. So the UFC and the owners, uh, IMG, William Morris Endeavor, are now free to negotiate with other TV stations. Now that doesn't mean they're going to be leaving Fox. Have you noticed that they changed the name, by the way? WME IMG. Yeah, they've, yeah. Uh, I saw that. I'm sure it was that they've changed everything to just Endeavor this year, this week. Oh, wow. I'm sure they've just changed the name this week. I might be wrong. Yes. I might have dreamt it, but I'm sure uh, that they, as a company name, they've changed it to Endeavor. 
uh, or, or something like that. Isn't it? Isn't that what they always call the show? The the company names on the fucking Apprentice. There's always a yeah, team called they, Endeavor, isn't they? They come up with some shitty names yeah, like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Always, they're always called Endeavor. Fuck's sake. There you go. Anyway, anyway yeah. they're free to negotiate. ESPN have obviously got some UFC coverage at the moment. They're showing interests, even though this they're cutting costs in the ESPN earlier this year. They let a shitload of really good journalists go in America, but they're looking. They're definitely interested. And Stephen Espinosa from Showtime, who we know through the boxing, he's been on countless MMA shows saying we are definitely interested but we don't want to shoulder the whole UFC kind of like Fox are doing at the moment so it's kind of like the Premier League only being on Sky Sports mm. what's happening is they're going to negotiate now they're going to make a shitload more money UFC by having the UFC on Fox on Showtime and on ESPN so they would have it on multiple broadcasters which would be brilliant because for US audience because there's a million different ways to ingest it but also the feeds that we get over here mm. in the UK I'm looking forward to it because obviously you won't have um, Joe Rogan, uh, John Anik, and Daniel Cormier, as brilliant as they are. You won't have them commentating on every show. You may have Misha Tate commentating for the mm, ESPN mm, footage, mm. or you may have someone else, you know, Frank Mir, come in to do, to do uh, Showtime's coverage. So you're going to get different broadcast teams and a different look as well. You know, so the, the actual production can, like when in the UK we have BT Sport covering, fight, uh, covering football, Premier League, and you have Sky Sports covering football. Yeah. You know, it's different commentary teams, different looks. The way they do it's kind of different. It's cool. I like that. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what happens. This is the key to WME, IMG, or Endeavor, as they apparently are now known. Mm. This is the key to them buying the UFC for $4 billion. This is their first quick hit financially because they can now, quadru- they believe, quadruple or maybe more. This is what they do. This is what IMG do. They make TV shows. They sell to TV companies. This is why they bought the UFC for $4 billion. They believe they can make a shitload more money now with the new TV rights deal. And then you'll get a completely new look of the UFC and then they'll be on to growth after that. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Misha Tate's name there. I didn't want to bring this up, right, because I've dropped a bit of a bollock with, with today's show. So I um, I caught up with Misha Tate on Tuesday of this mm, week. We had, a little, we had a little bit of a chat. Well, normally when I, do, when I say things like that, I can then back it up by putting the, what, the conversation that I've recorded into the show, yeah, because she was talking about DJing, various other things with her new role, making podcasts herself and yep. broadcasting and all that type of stuff, the old cupcake girl. Yep. Um, and I wasn't going to bring it up, right? Because Misha Tate, she's an attractive lass. You know, she's a good-looking girl. She's quite difficult to get hold of. And once you do acquire an interview like that, it's nice to have it on the show to promote the show. Uh, however, I forgot the the audio. The the, the audio that I recorded... As you do, as you do yeah. The, the audio that I recorded with her... Uh, I've left it. So, in a, what do our listeners take away from this? Well, now? The, well, what do the uh, fight disciples take away? They've just got to go. Okay, well, thanks, well, Adam. Yeah, glad you enjoyed your chat with me. Well, I was. This is it. I was not going to bring it up because what this is basically what it stinks of. There was always that kid at school, yeah, that would insinuate that they hung out with fit girls, isn't there? You know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. they, you know what I mean? Like when someone brings someone up, there's always that lad that goes, like, yes, like, uh, yeah, like Jay from the Inbetweeners. That's it. It's clocked Jay, it, mate. Mate, clocked it. That's it. It's Jay See from yeah, the Inbetweeners. That's it. That's I had it. a wank off here. That's exactly what I was thinking that I would be getting back. Not a wank off her. I was just thinking that that's exactly the shit that you would be giving me for the show. Because obviously, yeah. I've hung out with me, should say. I forgot the audio. Fucking celebrity name dropping, but delivering that's nothing it. for the show. Would... I've never done that. Yeah. I've never mm. come on this show, said I've hung, hung out with a celebrity this week yeah. and not delivered some audio, have That's I? right. No, you've not. No, you've not. not. That's why I was not going to bring it up, you see, because then I sound like Jeff from the in-between is saying, yeah, shag there and all that type of stuff. <laughs> so what I'm going to have to do, even though it's going to be later than 
than I originally planned. Me should say talking about DJ will be on next week's show. Just so that, just then you know that I'm not full of shit, even let's, though let's I am just, full of shit. Let's just save it for our Tom Hardy exclusive show. We'll play it then as well. Yeah? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll you, play when you saw show Tom, on all. You, when you saw the Tom Hardy exclusive <laughs> yeah. show on. You're going to pull the Misha Tate out. We'll put the we'll put the Misha Tate stuff on there as well. <laughs> and we might even drag someone like, I don't know, shall we drag uh, Brock Lesnar out of retirement or something like that into the show as well, some of the old school. <laughs> next week's going to be a good one, mate. Are you excited about next week? Super excited, super excited. Should have me uh, me flights and stuff booked by then as well. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorting myself out. Blood on the dance floor. That's it, mate. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, I can't. You know what? Massive, massive Cowboy Cerrone fans, aren't we? But as of next week, we don't. We're not fans of his at all. No, we hate him. No, that's it. Absolutely, I don't. Our boy's gonna Listen, get him. If I, High noon shootout, man. The Cowboys going down. Now our schedules have kind of sadly not aligned, so we can both be in Gdansk because that was the original plan. Yeah. Uh, for Dan and Till, I've got to go to Belfast next weekend. Yep. So you're going to Gdansk. I'm going to Belfast. If I check in, because what? Because my thing is before yours, so I'll mm-hmm. get to watch yours. So when I'm when I'm checking in and watching you watching your show, mate, right? Yep. Before, obviously, I do whatever I'm doing. If I see you fucking schmoozing up with Cowboy Saronic, you're in big shit, you. Because no I know what you like. You've gone out there with Till. You're my enjoying yourself. Be, I, my city would disown me. They, they bloody will do, yeah. I don't they want you bloody smoo- smooching up just because the hero's on the bloody desk and what have you, doing his thing, <laughs> trying on your cowboy hats with him, and I don't know, getting selfies and all that. You ignore him. He's dead to you. He's nothing to you, right? I'm definitely not. Until after the fight. After the fight, you can have a bevy with him, all right? You can, yeah, you can yeah. bud well, light I know his coach really well, Brandon Gibson. Like, he's a he's a good mate of mine from mm. back in the day so uh, I'll definitely be catching up with afterwards but hopefully I'll be buying Cowboy a, 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 you know, a, a drink to a drink commiserate. to soothe commiserate pain. him yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'll then I'll be off yeah. off the Jack the Rippers with the lads <laughs> <laughs> it is a scouting invasion. They're all off to Polsky next week yep, uh, because Darren wait. Till's got a massive opportunity. He's fighting uh, Cowboy Cerrone in Gdansk. There's going to be murder on Gdansk floor. Thank you very yes. much to the Fight Disciple that sent that to us this week. It's 100% going to be next week's show name. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Get there now, fightdisciples.com. Hit the subscribe button because next week's show is going to be absolute flames as we look forward to our scouse mate tearing up the UFC uh, form book next week uh, in Gdansk. Just a quick one regarding our uh, clothing partner as well. You will have seen various things pottering around. We are sorting out a Fight Disciples uh, clothing range. Um, and if uh, Till does the business next week, the first T-shirt will have to be a Till T-shirt without oh, any yes. shadow of a doubt. Um, so get yourself on our website, Luke1977.com. That's our clothing partner's website, Luke1977.com. If you want some new threads, use this 15% discount code. FDLR15. FDLR15. That'll get you 15% off uh, some new threads uh, from Luke Clothing. Uh, thank you very much for your time. We yep. will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.